Good morning, Radiant Lifers. How are we doing today? Yeah, see, you guys seem a little bit more alert than first service. Um, but here's the thing, like we live in Southwest Michigan, and so our window of good weather is really small. And I don't know about you guys, you're probably not guilty of this, but we, we try to cram as much stuff into the good weather window as we can. Like we go camping, we travel. Are you guys guilty of that as well? Like, like I just got back from vacation last week. Um, I, I went to Texas because I didn't think it was hot enough here. Like... <laughs> That's a whole new hot in Texas. That was my first time there. Um, it was a wonderful time. It was a great mix of like seeing and, and doing things, but also having relaxation. Because I'm sure you guys aren't guilty of this. Like, have you ever gone on vacation and you come back and you need a vacation from your vacation? Yeah, because we crammed too much stuff into it. And so this was a wonderful vacation where I was able to get some relaxation in there. So I was very thankful for that. So uh, if you're a guest here today, my name is Brandon. I'm one of our pastors here on staff. And we're in a teaching series called Upside Down Kingdom. And so we've been looking at different parables of Jesus. These are different teachings that Jesus would do. And so if you brought your Bible or if you need to turn your Bible on, head over to Matthew chapter 25. And so I, I do encourage you to, to bring a paper Bible. Like I'm gonna encourage you to actually jot some things down today, but maybe you have a Bible app. You can uh, do some different notes in there. The YouVersion Bible app, I uh, haven't talked about this in a while. Um, we, we have an event that's live on there. So that has some of our announcements and devotions that will kind of go with today's teaching. Um, and then you can actually write your notes and save them in there. So you can always go back to your notes. So it's the free Bible app. It's probably the number one uh, that you see where you get your apps. I didn't say that first service. I'm not sure why I just said that just now. Um, I love the YouVersion Bible app. I think it's a great place uh, to get started. But you can't go wrong with one of these old-fashioned paper Bibles. And so before we get into the scripture here today, um, we always have to understand that we, we have to read the Bible within context. And, you know, a few of us staff members, uh, we love to nerd out on the context of the Bible and we try to share some of those things with you guys. But like today's story is just one little snapshot out of a larger story. So like if you brought your paper Bible and it has red letters, which red letter Bibles just means that's when Jesus is speaking, you can see it easier. You'll notice that there's several pages of Jesus speaking. And so there, there's a greater story that's happening here. But we're gonna, what we've been doing is we've had students come up and read our scripture for us. So if, uh, if you could make your way on up here, you got this, dude. And then if you're willing and able, would you mind standing um, as we read scripture? You're gonna come right here, buddy. Um, and really the reason why we, we stand for reading the scripture, it's just giving uh, reverence to God. But before you start reading, can you tell us what your name is? My name is Rylan. And what grade are you going into? To third. And are you having a fun summer? Yes. What's your favorite thing that you're doing this summer? 
Your brother said swimming. Do you think that's your answer or you got a different answer? Mm, it's swimming. <laughs> Good. All right, buddy. Whenever Now, uh, we're going to have the words on the screen. It's going to be in a different English translation. That's what being read, but you can still follow along. All right, buddy. You got this. Again, here is what the kingdom of heaven will be like. A man was going on a journey. He sent four of his slaves... His slaves put them in charge of his money. He gave five bags. He gave five bags of gold to one. He gave two bags to another, and then he gave one bag to the third. A man gave each slave the amount of money he knew the the he knew the slave could take care of. Then he went out on his journey. The slave who had received five bags of gold went on, went at once and put his money to work. He earned five bags more. The one with the two bags of gold earned two more. But the man who had received one bag dug a hole in the ground. He hid his, he hid his master's money in it. After a long time, the master of those slaves returned. He wanted to collect all the money they had earned. The man who had received five bags of gold brought another five. Master, he said, you have trusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have earned five more. His master replied, you have done well, good, and faithful slave. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold, of gold came, also came. Master, he said, you had trusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have earned two more. His master replied, you have done well, good, and faithful slave. You may, you have been slave, faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest where you have not planted. You gather crops where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and dug a hole, went out and hid your gold on the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you evil, lazy slave. So you know that I harvest where I have not planted? You knew that I gathered crops where I have not scattered seeds? Well, then you should put have put my money in the bank. When I returned, I would have received it back with interest. The ma- th- then his master Masters commanded the other slaves, take the bag of gold from him. Give it to the one who has ten bags. Everyone who who has will be given more. They will have more than enough. And what about anyone who doesn't have? Even what they have will be taken away from them. So that worthless slave outside, there is darkness. People weeping, grind their teeth. Thank you so much. You can go ahead and sit down.
Let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you for your holy word. It's sharp. It pierces. And so, Lord, we, we're open and receptive. We, we ask you, Spirit, to speak to us, not, not my words. I just pray that you, Holy Spirit, would speak to each one of us here today through your spoken word. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. And all the people said, amen. You guys can take a seat. So we've had different communicators up here on the stage, and you're going to see some more. And what was fun is when we were preparing for this teaching series and looking at the parables of Jesus, it's like, ooh, which ones do you want? And so when you hear someone from the stage, like these are ones that either God is just like doing a number on us through the parable, or this is just something that we're passionate about. And this particular parable here today Man, this has been one that in a good way has wrecked me. Early from my walk, as, as I was learning to read the Bible and read through the Gospels, which are the four different accounts of the life of Jesus, and when I came to this one, it has radically changed my life. And so my hope uh, here today and my prayer for you is that you would be encouraged, that you would be inspired here today. That you wouldn't just come and hear a message or have maybe some of these deep thoughts in your, in your mind and your heart, but that it would actually move you to action the rest of the days of the week. And, and so I hope that you hear my heart and my intent on that. Part of my prayer, and I said this first service, I'll say it again this service. My prayer is kind of an abstract thought, so hang with me. Uh, I almost had like this visual of like, some sort of crust over a brain. I know, super weird, awkward sort of thing. But in Romans 12, 2, Paul talks about us renewing our minds. I'm hoping today that through God's word, we can break through any crust that we have and we can begin to renew our minds and have God shape and mold it the way that he designed it. And so that's, that's my motivation here today. That's my heart. That's full transparency before all of you and all of our friends and family online as well. And so uh, Pastor Ryan, he kicked off our teaching series and he gave us a couple of definitions for a parable. A parable is a story with intent. Jesus was very intentional in teaching these parables uh, and these lessons to try to get something across. And it was to awaken insight that moves us to action for the kingdom of God. So we don't just hear a cool story. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I get that. It, it's to move us into action. And so with all of that being said, uh, right before we dive in, I want to give one more word picture for you here today. I, I'm hoping that when we leave here, you're spurred on and encouraged but a lot of what happens today are gonna to be what I call thought grenades. Like, I'm just gonna throw these thoughts and I'm hoping that you will wrestle with these thoughts. And maybe it needs to blow up something in your mind that doesn't need to be there. So a lot of today is not gonna be, uh, man, I feel really warm and fuzzy uh, leaving here. Like, this is like a charge. Like, let's leave these doors changed and move into action. So you guys fired up, ready to go? All right, oh yeah, I like the oh yeah. Thanks, Frank. All right, here we go, Matthew 
Chapter 25, verse 14. For it's just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. So the master um, is gonna be Jesus, okay? So he's entrusting his possessions to them. And to one, he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent. Pause. We gotta understand context. Talents, it's not a coin. It's actually a weight, And so what's really challenging about this particular passage is we don't know the actual amount that it is because it's based on weight. Now, we don't know if it's copper coins or silver coins or gold coins. We're we're not 100% on what that is. More than likely, it is silver coins. And so based, if it is based on silver coins, the amount of money that we're talking about is 15 years worth of wages. So two weeks ago, I gave you some math to do. I I won't do that here with you today, but you know what you make. You know what your salary is. Whether you're making minimum wage or you're making way above minimum wage, you know what your salary is. Times that by 15. And imagine someone giving you that a dollar amount and making you responsible for that dollar amount. I think even at minimum wage, like that's a fair amount of money to to be responsible for. And so I share that. I give you that context because we need to feel the weight of the responsibility that's being spoken with the different increments of the talents. But I love this, um, this one little detail that Matthew gives us. He says, it's depending on each one's ability. So if you have a paper Bible, make a little mark somewhere right there. By each one's ability. God has given each one of us different abilities. There are just certain things that when uh, you were being knit together in your mother's womb, there were certain things that God put in your DNA. There are certain giftings and abilities that you have. Uh, Like someday I hope that in my woodworking skills, I'll get as good as Steph Bolthaus here at the church. Like his woodworking, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Some of you, like your gifting and ability is to be super compassionate and loving and merciful. Like that is not a strength of mine. In fact, on my flight coming back from Texas, it was one of my worst flights I've been on. There was a a lady there who had twin uh, babies and they were not having it. I'm assuming their ears had to pop or something. I don't, like they, they were crying like crazy. And then the, the lady sitting behind me definitely had a few too many cocktails at the bar. Like, and was very verbal about what she was thinking. And like, like there was just a lot of chaos going on in this little tube at 30,000 feet, right? And so, but what was so beautiful, and even with noise-canceling headphones on, like that didn't cancel everything that was going on. But in the midst of all that chaos, there was another woman who just had so much compassion and mercy. She got up, because the seatbelt sign was off, got up and helped, held uh, one of the babies, and you know, was just kind of trying to, to help that baby. And it's like, that didn't even cross my mind. Like that is not... <laughs> Wasn't thinking that at all. Like I was probably passing judgment on this mom who has no control over her two children. Like my heart, like some of you, that's how you're wired. You see a need and you're like, you're the first responder in that and you're helping it. Like that's awesome. Like some of you, like you, you're good with technology. Like God has given each one of us different abilities 
and talents, not to mix that with the word talent. But he has given us different abilities and talents. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Like if you've prayed the sinner's prayer, like if you've prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life, where he makes the decisions of your life, you have the Holy Spirit. Paul understood this. First Corinthians chapter 12, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person. So when you pray that prayer to receive Jesus, you receive the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in you. And there's a manifestation of that Holy Spirit that comes into your life that can help you uh, find freedom and healing from maybe some addictions or hurts and hangups, emotional baggage, regrets that you have. The Holy Spirit comes in. But it's not for us. It's for the common good. Like, sure, we can, we can benefit from the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our life, but it's not just for us. It's for the body, Like I'm looking at the body right now. This is the body of Christ. And as we help each other, it helps us to go live like Jesus and share his love out into our community. Eugene Peterson, he paraphrased the Bible and he words this verse like this. He says, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits all kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful, wise counsel and clear understanding. See, we're not all the same. And I, I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful when God was doing creation and he was at the human factory, he wasn't just doing cookie cutter humans that came out of the factory. He created each one of us differently. And I'm so thankful for that. Now let's dive back into our narrative here. So the man who had received five talents went, put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. So we see this compare and contrast between between these three individuals. See, humans are not equal in talent, but they can be equal in effort. So think about it. The, the, the one with the five and the two, it, it wasn't a matter of how much they had. They both still doubled what they had. They both put the same amount of effort in. But the one who only had the one talent, obviously did, the only effort he put into it was hiding it in a field and dug a hole. And so we have to realize we're all given different abilities and talents, but what kind of effort are we putting into the giftings and the talents that God has given us? Let's continue, verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Pause. The master is Jesus. And I get that there's like, there's gobs of studies out there of just trying to study when Jesus is going to return. Like he's going to come back. Like Jesus could come back before I finish this message. I hope that you understand that. Like, I think that would be pretty cool actually. Like a trumpet blast and boom, like, I don't know how that works, but all of a sudden we're in heaven. 
Like that would be amazing. It could happen before you leave here and go to lunch. Jesus could, have, could come. And, and I think sometimes we get so hung up and we're so fixated on trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back. Jesus says, you won't know the day or the hour. The father hasn't even told Jesus that yet. And so we get so fixated, and don't get me wrong, like I think it's good to learn and grow in our knowledge of the Lord, but if that's all our focus is, how many opportunities are we missing? So let's word it like this. Live as though Jesus is coming back today, but plan as though he's not coming back for 100 years. Think about this for a second. Because if you have the mindset that Jesus is just gonna come back in 100 years, how does that affect how you live today? Will you have that conversation with that person you know that you need to have? Or are you just gonna put it off? Because, oh, I've got time. Do you? Jesus literally could show up at any moment. I think if we lived as Jesus is coming at any moment, that will affect the decisions and the conversations that we have. Maybe there's that, that bitterness or that anger that we're holding towards someone. What if you knew that Jesus was coming back this afternoon? What would you do with that relationship? If you have that family member who is far from God and is gonna spend eternity far from God, living as if Jesus was coming back today, does that motivate you differently than if Jesus comes 100 years from now? And so I'm not against people studying end times. The master's going to come. We don't know when it's going to be, but let's live today as though Jesus is coming. Doesn't mean we can't be responsible and do some planning ahead, but if we lived as if Jesus was coming today, I think that's gonna affect a lot of the conversations that we have. Let's dive back into the narrative here. Verse 20, the man who had received five talents approached and presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have earned five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Mark that in your Bible. You share in your master's joy. I mean, who, who doesn't, even if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're here today, who wouldn't want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Like those are wonderful words of affirmation. And someday when I'm probably face down in front of Jesus because it's Jesus, he's the son of God, I'm hoping that he'll pick me up and he, what he's gonna say is, well done and good and faithful servant. I mean, who doesn't wanna hear that? but share in your master's joy. This made me think of John chapter 15 where Jesus gives a teaching about a vine and remaining in the vine and he'll remain in us. It's this very beautiful word picture about just sticking with Jesus. And Jesus says in the middle of that teaching, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. See, I think when we're doing the Lord's work and we're being obedient to whatever the Spirit's prompting is in our life, we bring great joy to our Heavenly Father. I think about it with little kids, right? Like whether you're a parent or not, you've observed little kids, maybe a niece or nephew or whatever, and they've just done something that just like, 
you're just proud of them, right? Like your son reading scripture on the stage, it brings great joy to you, right? Or they, they made that first soccer goal or whatever, right? It just, it brings so much joy to you. Imagine your heavenly father looking down on you and you being obedient to whatever he's asked you to do. You can join him in his joy and your joy will be complete. It means that you can have joy on an airplane with a drunk lady and babies crying all at the same time. It can happen. I was there, I promise you. (laughs) But how wonderful will it be for us to just bring joy to our Heavenly Father by being obedient to Him, being responsible with the giftings and talents that God has given us. The narrative continues. So, uh, The man with two talents also approached. He said, master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. And the master responded the same way. Circle that. Share in the father's joy. That can be you. That can be me. We can share in the father's joy. But now the narrative turns. Verse 24 the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. Pause. I question whether or not this servant really knew the master or not. I mean, we're, we're gonna read it here in just a second, but the way he describes the master, I think his view of the master is off or it's really skewed because it says, you are a harsh man reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. I think this servant really had a narrow view of the master. He was afraid. His tragic error lay in allowing himself to be paralyzed by fear. I mean, can you relate to that? Have you ever been paralyzed by fear in your life? And I'm not sitting here like I'm not, I'm not judging you. I, I would imagine that it was very painful and it, it's a major hurdle and maybe you're right in the middle of it. But how often does fear um, paralyze us from moving forward? The explicit problem with the wicked servant is his attitude about his master. See, this is the way many people deal with God, their wrong attitude about God. God is mean, God is unconcerned about our fate, etc., which results in an excuse for disobedience to his calling. It can also be applied by Christians who develop wrong attitudes about God. They see God as unloving because of their circumstances, and then they depart from the path of disobedience. And so we we need to really know the master. Are you putting yourself in an environment to know the master, to truly know the character of God? As I was preparing for the message, I was in gobs of commentaries and I found some really cool quotes and I wanna share a few of them with you here this morning. You know, he demonstrated an appalling lack of understanding of his master. He clearly did not know him very well. How well do you know your master? Too many so-called believers fail to believe the Lord enough to obey him, revealing a lack of faith through passive spirituality and failure to step out into the risky 
obedience. That risky obedience. I don't know what that is for you, but I think that's those moments where your heart starts racing quite a bit and you know you're supposed to say something or maybe pay for someone's thing or maybe you're supposed to go do something and you kind of feel that prompting but then we don't go do it because we're scared or you know, we're overcome with fear. I think that's what the risky business is. I don't know what it is for you. It's been those moments where I feel like God wants me to say something encouraging to someone, especially a stranger, and that does make me feel uncomfortable at times. But that's risky obedience. And I think that's what God is calling us to do. Because our view of God will determine our behavior. And I don't know what your view of God is. And maybe that's part of that renewing of your mind that I was speaking of earlier is maybe you need to change your view of God so it will determine your behavior. Maybe you're seeing a negative behavior in your life or a lack of behavior in your life. Maybe you need to change your view of God. Maybe you grew up in your upbringing and maybe you felt like uh, you couldn't be in a relationship with God. It was like walking on eggshells with them and you were just always in fear. Like that's not who God is. He is slow to anger. He's merciful, full of grace. There are gobs and gobs of scriptures that talk about God and his character. And that would be my encouragement. Maybe that's your next step is to dive into the scriptures and to truly renew your mind and your view of who God is and what his character is. The narrative continues with the guy with the one talent. He says, so I was afraid. I went off. I hid your money. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. Those are heavy words. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the banker and would have received my money back with interest when I returned. He wasn't a good steward of what God had given him. See, good stewardship of little things brings greater privilege and responsibility. Poor stewardship can lead to losing even what one has. It doesn't matter whether you've been given five talents or two talents or even one talent. Are you being a good steward with what God has given you? Are you being responsible with it? And those are the kind of questions that we need to really wrestle with. I don't know what gifting and abilities, I don't know what sum of money that God has given you, figuratively saying. I don't know what God has handed you. But are you being a good steward with it? Because if you are being a good steward with it, there's some really positive things that happen with it. Let's continue with the narrative. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. So the one that had five doubled it and now he gets another one. He was a good steward with what God had given him and now he's being blessed with it. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good for nothing servant into the outer darkness 
where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So if it wasn't heavy, it's even heavier now. Are we being responsible with what we have? Another quote here. Jesus' discipleship community, that's us. That's the church. Not this building, by the way. It's all these people who are here. That's the community. The church is the primary instrument by which the reality of the gospel of the kingdom is made known to a watching world. It is our responsibility to make known the gospel by all that we are and what we say. How we live our lives matters. People are watching us. I had no idea who that other lady was on the plane, but you know what I observed? Someone who was just deeply compassionate. God used that to convict me of what my mindset was on that. It matters how you live. It matters what you say. People are watching. It doesn't matter whether we have our Sunday best on. What matters are the other days of the week because people are observing. So, When we live with the blessed hope of Jesus' soon return, we are motivated, we are motivated to live up to our responsibilities. This means we are ethically responsible for daily purity in the light of the expectation of Jesus' coming. Being a disciple of Jesus requires responsibility. And you may not have had that mindset Maybe that wasn't taught. Maybe you weren't discipled like that. But if you're a a Christian, a follower, a disciple of Jesus, you have a responsibility. And so the question that we all have to wrestle with is, are we being responsible? And, And I don't stand here in a place of judgment. I'm trying to steward what God has given me. I can't begin to look at what God's given you and start judging you on that. This is between you and Holy Spirit. But are you being responsible? Are you being a good steward? See, every Christian is entrusted with some responsibility for the kingdom. Every one of us. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for a really long time or you just accepted Jesus this morning, you have a responsibility. Some will take this seriously and invest their lives wisely and others will squander this responsibility. See, the part of the kingdom entrusted to each of us is precious to the Lord. He is hurt by the mishandling of a lifetime of opportunity, but he rejoices over a lifetime well spent. He has placed in our hands what is his own. And this is a sobering thought, to be stewards of the kingdom of resources. See, this passage has just motivated me for everything that I do today. I want to be responsible for what God is giving me, whether it's one town or two or five, a thousand. I just want to be a good steward with what God has given me. And I'm, I am sobered by that thought. You know, here at Radiant Life, our mission statement is to be living out our God-given purpose every day by being transformed by Jesus, reaching the lost, and making disciples who make disciples. How are you being responsible about living into your God-given purpose? Do you even know what your God-given purpose is? 
Now, we alluded to this in the announcements. Pastor Josh is getting ready to launch what is called Discover Purpose. And if you've gone through our Next Steps experience, you're a perfect candidate to go through the Discover Purpose. I know it's going to have limited seating because they want to have it in a smaller environment. And if you're sitting there like, well, I want to go to Discover Purpose. And if you haven't gone to our Next Steps experience yet, you got to go to the Next Steps experience first before you go to Discover Purpose because they work off of one another. But are you being responsible by living out your God-given purpose? God created you on purpose for a purpose. And maybe you had an awful upbringing. Maybe your childhood was awful. But that doesn't mean that God does not have a purpose for you. He does have a purpose for you. Are you being responsible for putting yourself in an environment to be transformed? Like it's, it's not by any of your effort or my effort that you are being transformed to look more like Jesus. That is the power of the Holy Spirit that does that. But are you putting yourself in an environment for transformation to happen? Or are we just kind of showing up each and every week? We sing a couple of songs, throw a couple of bucks in the basket, and like, that's it. Like, we don't actually transform our life to look more and more like Jesus. Maybe you need to find freedom and healing. I go to a Christian counselor. That's part of my transformation process. Getting into the word each and every day. Coming here with you guys. Doing life groups together. Like, these are environments that I put myself into to try to be transformed to look more like Jesus. But how are you being responsible about reaching the lost where you live, work, and play? We have a responsibility. And it doesn't mean that you need to have a seminary degree or anything like that. Maybe you've taken one step in your walk of faith and you know this one thing. And maybe you know it like the back of your hand. Well, then that's the one thing that you need to to use to reach lost people. I used to live my life like this, but I had this crazy encounter with Jesus and now I live my life like this. And man, I would love for you to experience that as well. That's all it takes in reaching the lost. And are you being responsible about making disciples who make disciples? I mean, this is a, this is a mandate for all followers of Jesus is to live into the great commission and to be making disciples. God has given us a gift. Once again, you don't need to have a seminary degree or anything like that. You've learned something. I don't know what that something is for you, but you've learned something about God and you've applied it to your life. Guess what? That's the thing that you go teach someone else because they don't have that yet. And they need to learn from your experience and your story and God's story. And there's power in that. And so we have to wrestle with this. Are, are we being responsible with the treasure that the kingdom of God, like God has given us. He, he's given us a, a treasure from the kingdom. It's manifested through the Holy Spirit. There's, there's gifts and abilities woven into your DNA. And now what are we gonna do about it? And so this is the question that we have to wrestle with is Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me in this? And so if you don't mind, just close your eyes for a moment. Not gonna do anything weird. This is just to remove the distractions around right now. And we're just praying quietly in your heart. And you're just asking, Holy Spirit, have I been responsible? 
what do I need to do next? How can I be a good steward with what you've given me? Just start praying it right now under your breath or if you want to pray out loud, that's fine. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Maybe, maybe Bible verses are coming to mind. Maybe it's that moment where you surrendered your life over to Jesus. Maybe that's what's coming to mind right now. You remember when God, the master, gave you that treasure. How wonderful was that moment? Maybe you just need to keep repeating, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Just start praying. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? You can just say it quietly under your breath. And if you're getting distracted, just keep repeating it. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, there's a whole variety of people that are sitting in this room and even watching us online right now. Thank you for creating us so uniquely different. But what you have given each one of us are the keys to heaven. And that was through your son, Jesus. So Lord, thank you for that. You have blessed us with riches and you've given us different gifts and abilities. Holy Spirit, would you reveal that to us right now? Maybe it's something that we just take for granted. We just thought it was this natural thing. Would you show us right now that, no, that was a gift from you? Holy Spirit, would you show us how we could be more responsible with those gifts? What can we do to be more responsible? What can we do to be a better steward? Holy Spirit, reveal that to us right now. God, we, we love you so much. You did. You sent your one and only son. Out of all of the universe, you desired to be in a relationship with us humans. And you did that by sending your one and only son. Thank you so much, Jesus. And you have blessed us. Sure, we've had some tough times. We've had some trials. We've definitely had some valleys. But Lord, you've been there the whole time. And we thank you for that. And so Lord, we want other people to have that same experience as us. And so Lord, would you empower us with your spirit? Would you shine your light into the darkness and reveal more and more of yourself, of who you are in your character? Lord, if there is a crust over our mind, I pray for breakthrough on that. Lord, if there's darkness over our mind, would you shine your light into that and give us the correct, proper view of you? We, we can't do it on our own. We need you. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts and our minds and we ask for your empowerment for us to move into action for our lives to be transformed, to be more and more like you. So Father, we give you all the honor and we give you all the glory. And all the people said, amen. 
Would you stand with me? We're going to sing one last song. And this is often a lot of time where people just want to buzz out of here real quick or hit the bathroom or try to get to the parking lot before the rush. And if you're, if you're that person and you're doing it right now, I'm not judging you, I promise. But I want to encourage you to stick around for this last song. Stick around for this last song. And prayer team, I don't know what side you're on, prayer team. Um, if you need prayer about anything, please come.